We have the head coach of the Bates men's basketball team with us, John Furbush. And first of all, coach, you guys are playing tonight, right? We're going to do this? We are. We're, we are scheduled for 7.30. We're waiting to hear if the women postpone their game. If they do, we'll bump it up to 7 o'clock. So we, we're making that call by 1 p.m. today. So stay tuned. There you we're go. Off, but we're in. We're going. But we're Benner in against we're Thomas College tonight at Alumni Gymnasium. Let so. me know if it's off because otherwise I think we're going to go in. It'll be either 7 or 7.30 depending on the women's game. So there you have it. And the women are pending against Maine Farmington tonight. So right. we'll wait and see. Uh, the men's basketball team, winners at Colby 81-71 to 71 over the weekend on Saturday. The previous night you played Bowdoin. Um, we had a player Simon's lined it up. What are you going to do, right? I mean, then the, what was the big difference, though, maybe the next day for, for you guys besides well, that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I want to acknowledge Jack Simons for a second. He, yeah. he great kid. We recruited him. I knew we kind of had no shot. His, his old man went to Bowdoin. Ah. But he said, as we were shaking hands in the pregame, great kid said, I can't believe this is the last time we're playing. And he had a look in his eye, and I was like, oh, no. I think he's yeah. pretty inspired. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he went off. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, and Saturday was, was – um, just an execution uh, perfection by our guy. I was really impressed with how they, you know, did exactly what they were supposed to do and made some shots to go along with it. So um, defensively, I was just really impressed with how we guarded those guys. Right, because Colby came in the top three-point shooting team in the NESCAC, and you guys held them to under 30% from three. What was the key there? Well, we, we decided, which is scary when you have a team that can shoot the ball from three this well, yeah. we decided to do a little one-three-one zone on them right out of the gates mm. and, and – you know, I got these my guys convinced that they're going to make threes regardless. Let's make them take threes that they're not used to taking out of their rhythm. And, uh, you know, early on, they didn't get any good looks against our zone. And even in the second half, they got a, a really clean look from three, but it wasn't one they've been practicing all year. So I just felt that we never allowed Colby to get into their flow. Um, and as a result, you know, we uh, took care of business in Waterville. You guys hung on there down the stretch. What was the key to that to hang on for the win? Because the second half was pretty tight throughout right yeah we went small uh partially to match up with them but we felt that uh you know the way they were guarding us they were just denying everywhere and and basically baiting us to go by them one-on-one which we were able to and i think in the prior game we noticed that same thing if we just get by their first defender it was like green lights on broadway just go right downhill to the rim um and you know i think tom Coyne made some really big plays on the stretch for us that just separated us uh, in those last seven minutes. So, Coyne, obviously back. You missed the first part of the season due to injury. Now he's healthy. You have him coming off the bench. It's kind of like a spark plug, basically, an offensive spark off the bench. Is that what you see his role as, kind of? Yeah, I think he's somebody that he right now he's not starting, but he's going to finish. Uh-huh, um, right. And, I, you know, the way we look at Coyne is that as, as other teams rotate in – and he's going against their second line. I mean, he's a problem. Like, I mean, he'd be fine against their first line. Right. But, you know, we're hopeful that as our bench comes in against their bench, that's where we really make a run here. And he's somebody that, you know, once he goes in, he's really hard to take out. He's mm-hmm. really hard to take out just because of what he can do. Um, so I, I envision he'll stay in that role. But at some level, if he's going to keep shooting the ball the way that he can, it's going to be hard not to start him. One guy I wanted to ask you about was uh, Cody Greenalch because this is a guy who his first year at Bates, he only played football. Then last year he joined the basketball team, and this year he's play, he played both. He played football, and now he's playing basketball also. What do you see from his development? Do you think it helped for him to play football this fall and kind of come in you know, already having a season under his belt, or do you think he had to, to make some adjustments uh, you know, to, to, from one sport to the other kind of, I guess? I think, yeah, he, I think I'm getting the Cody right now uh-huh. that had he not played football, I would have had in November. Uh-huh, right, yeah. um, so 
I think he was competition ready. He yeah. wasn't his. He didn't have his handles up to speed. His shot was just off. Yeah. You know, he hasn't shot the ball at a at a really good percentage. But if you look at his last five games, he's shooting the ball very very well. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, it was tricky because I, you know, he when we had that conversation about playing two sports, I was like, you know, if you can impact both, you should do it. But if you're just going to be a role player in one or the other, you know, I think it's probably a decision you should make to invest fully at this point in the college level. Mm. Uh, and I made sure he knew, like, you'd be a really good player for us. <laughs> <laughs> so now you just have to learn about the other sport. But, he, uh, but he's really coming into his own. And defensively, you know, I, I kind of been starting to call him goodwill hunting a little bit. Like, I don't know how he does what he does, but he can do it. And I don't ask questions about it. He, uh, he just makes plays very instinctive. And I think that now that he has, you know, a good year – under his belt, as we head into the thick of NESCAC play, I think he's going to have a big upside for us moving forward. I'm looking at his numbers. I mean, he was 4 of 5 from 3 against Colby. He was 5 of 10 against Gwinnett Mercy uh, uh, in late December. So he's had some big games from outside, but he looks like a guy who can also really take it to the rim, too. Yeah, he's very good off the bounce, and that's where he's hard to guard because he can he can shoot the ball 2-3 feet off the three-point line, so you have to respect that, but he's got an explosive first step. So if you close out long... And he goes right by you. He's going to make plays all day. And so he can finish at the rim. But I think in the Gwyn and Mercy game, he had nine assists. So it's one of those wow. things where, like, yeah, you want to stop him at the rim too? He makes makes plays for guys that can make shots. What position did he play in football? He was a receiver this year. Yeah. He played quarterback in high school. Right. So, like, I was like, where, where can he – you know, least be hurt. <laughs> and it was like, depending on what they're doing he, offensively, you know. He played receiver this year, and he made a touchdown catch – I think it was at Tufts at or Tufts, Middlebury yeah. that was just the most spectacular thing I've ever seen in my life. It was a ridiculous catch. Ridiculous. Uh, I was watching on a computer, so it's hard to tell. I'm like, wait, he caught that ball? Like it was yeah. like he had to go way up for it. It was. We have that. In, <laughs> like we, you know, we film the first month of practice typically, and, yeah. and you know, we go home and you watch it. <laughs> Texting the staff, did you see that play Cody made? And, you yeah. know, and it was, like didn't really impact the the moment, but you're like just so enamored by what he can do. For uh, sure. Now, Jeff Spellman mentioned, I, Jeff Spellman was our male Bobcat of the Week this week, and the Bobcast will be coming out later today on GoBaseBobcats.com, plug. Uh, but Spellman mentioned that he and Greenalch, he was, he was kind of familiar with Greenalch um, from what Greenalch did in high school, even though they didn't play against each other, I guess. But he mentioned that he kind of uh, said, hey, Cody, you should play basketball for us. How did that kind of work when they came to you, sort of? So he uh, went... This is a funny story. I was heavily recruiting a kid from Cody's high school uh-huh. who is now at Emerson, I believe. He went D2 and then transferred back to D3. And, you know, you're watching this film, and you're, I'm like, hey, who is, like, who's your, point guard, who's your you teammate? <laughs> and so, yeah. and, and I know football had wanted Cody, and, and actually I had to sort of make a decision uh, who I was going to support in the admissions process, mm-hmm. you know, Jeff or Cody. Oh. And at that time it was like Jeff clearly, you know, is the better player. Mm. Um and by that, Cody came to Bates to, to play both, and, and he got a concussion his freshman year. He would have played basketball his first year, okay. but he got a concussion early on in football, so he lost all of that year and, and all the basketball season. Right. And then he started playing pickup with our guys in the springtime his freshman year. Um, and no one really knew who he was, but they knew he could play. Yeah. And I think that's when Jeff had that conversation, like, you should talk to the coach and really express that you want to come out and play basketball, nice. which he did as a sophomore Another- last year. Yeah, an immediate impact player and uh, earning a spot in the starting rotation now. So that's it's great to see. Wow. N- Nick yeah. Gilpin, a Can't Mayor. really call him a walk-on, right? No, I think he thinks he's a walk-on, but he's not a walk-on. Yeah. 
He's the only guy playing football and basketball, though. That is, that's, that's Ooh, intense. That's quite yeah. a, that's hard to do. Uh, Two sporters in those kind of schools is tough. Nick yeah. Gilpin, uh, Maynard, went to Hamden Academy, uh, 14 points, three of four from three, being a little bit more aggressive now, it seems like. Isn't yes. It? Yeah. Yes. I, I, he's so unselfish that I actually said, your unselfishness is selfish. Like, you need, <laughs> like, for the better of the team, I need you to to start making some plays because a lot of times teams will put their worst defender on Nick and he's not like he can create and he can score. Yeah. And so as you, as we start to play these Nescat games, if you have like their, you know, fourth worst defender guarding you, like you need to go by and make plays. Right. And he's so good at, at getting other guys shots that when he does get by that first guy and the help comes, you know, nine times out of 10, he makes the right decision. Yeah. Um, and he's, and he's really good at the rim because he's physical. He's six, 390 pounds. Not afraid to bang, and uh, he's a junior now, and I think he's got that level of comfort and confidence that he can make plays all over the court. Well, I still remember, I think it was his first year against Tufts, the game you guys beat Tufts when they were ranked fourth in the country, and he threw that, that dunk on a fast break. It yeah. was, I, I was so stunned I couldn't even, like, say it. I, what was happening? Like, I didn't know he could do that, you know? I didn't either. I almost called timeout because yeah. I was like, what the heck was that? Yeah. <laughs> and he's had a couple this year where it just – you know, he catches you off guard. because And he, he jumps, he's right-handed. So usually you see right-handers explode off their left foot. Mm-hmm. But he's like a right-foot jumper. Really? And he goes up with his, it's a, it's, it, looks, uh, yeah. Again, I'm not asking look questions awkward. About it. it looks weird, but he, he's above the rim. So wow. <laughs> however he does it, I'm not, you know, I'm not concerned. I'm curious, after the Bowden game, did you say, what you, what was your message to the team? Because at that point, you know, it, it's been a while since you, you had a win, and the next day you came out and got that win. But what did you say in, in between those two games kind of to get them, you know, focused for Colby? Well, prior to the Bowden game, I said it's 2019. Yeah. No matter what we did in 2018, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. You know, had we had – had we gone 9-2 and two in the first semester and then we lost all of our NESCOT games, no one's like, well, you were 9-2 and two in the first semester. Right. So now's the time where we have to be good. Yeah. And uh, so I went in – we went into the, to the locker room after the game. I said we're 0-1. And like every NESCAC weekend, you go in the mindset you should get two wins. But if you get a split, that is so much better than a, than a swept. You know, yeah, so no question. Especially on the road against a rival opponent. Uh, and I just I kind of challenged him. I said I'm going to learn a lot about your your character and your demeanor and your and the culture that we have in place because bad teams with with bad cultures get stomped in that second game after a, like 30 point loss. Right, and the way these guys came, out, I could just tell in our warm up. I'm like, okay, we got you know, we and we had a good warm up against Bowden too, and they just kind of knocked us around. But the resilience that I saw from these guys was was really was really special. What, what do you do uh, in football? You have all week to prepare for one team. You watch films. You could bring groups in. You just have the defensive back watch this, all so on and so forth. When you play back to back, how do you? What do you do with that for that second game? Like he just said, I know about the attitude thing. What do you do as far as preparing them for what they're going to see? One team doesn't play any zone. The other one plays nothing but zone or whatever. Yeah, so this is the first year I've done this. In the past, <coughs> if we don't have a midweek game, uh, Monday and Tuesday's practice will be for Saturday's game, and then Wednesday, Thursday's practice is for Friday's game. So we, we load up the early of the week and say, all right, for Saturday we're playing Williams. Monday and Tuesdays are prep days, so that when we have our walkthrough Saturday, it's not the first time they've seen our game plan. Um, and then Wednesday, Thursday, we just focus on for Friday. This year, I'm just going all in on the Friday game. Ah. So we worry about Saturday on Saturday. 
And it's scary for me as a coach because I know what we need to do, but these guys haven't even heard mention of our Saturday opponent. Now, luckily, we had played Colby already, so it was there was a level of comfort that we knew our guys knew what they were going to do. Whereas this week when we play, you know, we're going to play the number two team in the country who's undefeated, Williams, at home, and, and we're not going to be really talking about him until Saturday. <laughs> the the uh, I've, I've told you before, my daughter went to Con and she played two sports, field hockey and ice hockey. Not everybody has women's ice hockey in NESCAC. So <clears throat> the way it rotates is every so many years, you don't have a partner. So they would go to Williams and play Williams Friday night and Williams Saturday. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Especially when you go to Williams and Middlebury. <laughs> but yeah. any, in ice hockey anyway. Tell me what that would feel. I mean, it would be easier to coach it because you, you're only preparing for one team, but – Playing them twice, yeah, that'd be yeah. hard. We uh, so we had the same thing. So there's a standalone team right now. It's Trinity. So we just go down and play them on Friday, and that's it. So it's just we go down and come back on Friday. Um, but yeah, prepare like the Middlebury Williams game plan is 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 hard to to prepare for. Middlebury plays so fast. It's you know essentially a track meet for 40 minutes, and Williams will play fast, but they are so long and they can really guard. Uh, so it's. You know, against Middlebury, you're gonna have to score, and against Williams, you you know you have to defend. So you know it's 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 uh, yeah it's a tough. You know the way the travel partners work out. There's some weekends that are you know a little bit easier than others. This is one of the more challenging ones because of the caliber of both these teams. But you're at home. Thank We're you. at home, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They got to travel. You know, they and, yeah. and, and, and honestly, I think Tufts did us a really big favor Friday against Colby. They, you know, it was like a 103-93 game, so it was a high-scoring game. You know, a lot of transition. So I think Colby uh, certainly didn't have their legs underneath them probably from 10 minutes down in our game just because they had such a hard game on uh, on Friday against Colby. And I was really impressed that, uh, you know, Tufts went to Bowdoin the next day and, and knocked them off pretty easily. Mm. It's like a seven-way tie for third place right now. What, what else is new, right? I'm like, all right, yeah. you know, we're all one Okay, here we go. Well, I'm looking at the standings right now. Hamilton's 13-0. and Are they the real deal? What's going on with there? Yeah, they're yeah. they're they're uh, all juniors and seniors mm. for the most part. Um, yeah. They, they had a, a gift from the basketball gods on Sunday. They played Trinity at home, and, and they were losing the whole game. And then some crazy play in the last, you know, 15 seconds. Oh. They hit a buzzer beater to beat Trinity. Yeah. Um, but they're, yeah, they're finding ways to win games, and they play. They score it and score it and score it. You know, I think that if you can't get seventy-five against Hamilton, you're probably not going to win that game. Mm. I mean, that's how good they are offensively. You know what? I can't think of what their gym looks like in Hamilton. I've been to the ice rink, but it's yeah, it's uh, it's it's in the same facility, and they have one of those floors that's raised above where you sit. Oh boy! So and and you know, you know, guys are always tripping as they go. Well, they the don't game see and, that. How often do you play in one of those? Never. That's the only one that we played in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a nice facility. You know, they and and because of how good they've been, you know, they were a Sweet Sixteen team last year. Um, the culture on that campus is is really really good. So uh, you know, they're getting a great. Great support from their fans and community. So the nice thing about it is in years past we've gone there and it's a ghost town and maybe it's because of the time of year where there's not students on campus. But, you know, having watched the film of them play recently, I mean, we're going to have a really fun game at their place in February. That'll be the next road game because you're home until that game. Yes. You're home, you're home cooking. You're home Ooh. tonight against Thomas, home Friday against Middlebury, 7 o'clock against Middlebury, 3 o'clock Saturday against Williams. Then you're home a week from Saturday against Tufts, so you have a weekend where you only play 
one game right there with That's Tufts. Our travel partner, yeah. Yeah, and then you're hosting Wesleyan on the 25th and Connecticut College on the 26th. So that <laughs> that is uh, six straight home games for the Bobcats. Uh, it must be nice not to have to leave the state, basically. This yeah, well, yeah, that's what I said. We went into 2019. I said we yeah. are going to be in Maine yeah. for the whole month of January. Right. So, nice. you know, if we wow. – if we can, and especially at home, you know, our, our obviously our goal is to win all these games. But in, the, in terms of the conference games we have, we can win three out of five at home. Yeah. You know, we're of the mindset we can win all five. But, you know, as you look ahead, you can get three of those five so that we have four wins going into the last two weekends. Right. Knowing that four and six was a tie for seventh last year. Yeah. you got to get five wins. And, that, and that's that's our goal. And, and having watched all the, the teams play now multiple times, there's no game that is not winnable. You know, I think all these teams, you know, have their flaws and, and matchups definitely become part of this, you know, tremendously. You know, if you just look at what Tufts, Bates, Bowden, and Colby did this weekend, uh, I mean, it just, you, you know, <laughs> you can throw stats out the window. Right, yeah. There's no, Colby was no mostly the top team in Maine, and you guys Yeah, I mean, yeah. I thought we played, yeah, we, we, there was a point in the game where they they made a run, but. I mean, I, I I was a little mad, but we could have pushed that out mm. a lot further than we did. But again, at the end of the day, especially at this point in the year, we've playing. I don't care if we win by one. Like we, right. yeah. like oh, win's a win. Yeah. It was just funny. We had in like you know, and poor Cody, he was you know he's had a, he had a tough year with football and right, and, and he's like, he's when are we going to win a game? game? <laughs> he's like, hey man, like, we're yeah. good. You know, we we have a few more extra games in basketball, non-league. So right. Like, you know, you get a few more opportunities. But uh, it was just great. I was so happy for these guys. I was really proud of them, you know, the battle and grind the way they did. And uh, it's always good winning in Waterville. So, Thomas College, what can you tell us about them, the team you're playing tonight? They're very talented. they got a new coach. Uh, they're running really good stuff. Um, they they have some two guards that are, are uh, really good playmakers. And they're not very tall, but they play bigger than they are. So I think their height can be a lot, you know, very misleading. Uh, but they play with great tempo. They're going to get up and down. It'll be a pretty fast-paced game. And they have uh, two s- sort of undersized big guys from Florida that, um, again, they play, you know, they're 6'4", six, 6'5", six, but, you, you know, you wouldn't know that the way they play on film. So I, I anticipate this would be um, one of those games in the first five minutes. If we don't come out, you know, I may only have a few timeouts left. Uh, but I think that, that if we play remotely the way we played on Saturday, which is my expectation, uh, we should get a similar result to what we got. Terrific. And so, I mean, over the holidays, you had a couple of games down there at Staten Island. Uh, what was the experience like going there? Obviously, not the results you won necessarily, but what was the tournament like? And it, it was kind of a different thing than you normally do, I suppose. So. Yeah, it was um, it, it was a great tournament, you know, and Tufts was part of that. So we got, right. we got two live scouts on those guys, which was really good. Yeah. Uh, and I thought we played two teams that are, are – um, you know, one of them is definitely going to be an NCAA tournament team. I think Staten Island will probably win their league. And, and mm-hmm. Gwyneth Mercy was was really talented. I mean, they uh, I mean, they just had some players that, you know, I think would be good NESCAC guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got – and it was just good prep for us going into our first NESCAC weekend because I think had we played in a tournament that wasn't as competitive, even though we definitely needed wins, it just helped us, like, keep playing at a level. Like, this is how good you have to be to win at, at any level in Division Three. Right. Um, and we went down there. You know, I thought about when we were going down there, we were going to do, you know, more things with alumni and, and team bonding. But, I, you know, I was at the point where, like, this is a business trip. Yeah. We're going to go down there. We're going to play two games. We're going to, you know, have a few meals together. But let's just go down and come back. And, uh, and we did some stuff. You know, we saw some alums and everything. But it was very, you know, business-like. So no trips into New York or – 
No, 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 no. They did no. not leave Staten no. Island. No, no we didn't leave Staten Island. And, it's, and it's actually not like it's not that close. You know, it's, it's right. To, right to to get because we had to go down through New Jersey to get over to Staten Island, and so anything in New York would have just been a, a real stretch. Oh yeah. And the weather was you know it was just, it was okay, so we right, didn't yeah. have to travel. We had one of those big buses too, so navigating New York City with those things would have been a nightmare. So what's the focus going to be, you know, when practice is upcoming week? Obviously, you mentioned game planning for Middlebury, worrying about Williams when they come. But uh, in terms of what you guys are working on as a unit, sort of, I guess. Yeah, you know, we've uh, I think we've tightened up a few things that, with our defense. I think the one three one is uh, something we're going to commit to just because it's, um, you know, we, if we ran a 2-3 zone, you can still run your man offense against the 2-3 zone, but when you have an odd man front with our 1-3-1, one, one, you, you have to run a sort of a 2-1-2 two, two set to beat it. And I thought that even the possessions against Bowden, we ran it, were, were pretty effective. Um, and against Colby, it was certainly was, was good. So we're going to sort of commit to that and keep you know talking about our second and third rotations out of that zone. How, how often do they see a zone? I mean, I you watch all the games on TV, people commit to man-to-man, and we're only going to play man-to-man, all that talk. And Syracuse has been incredibly successful Playing zone, right? I don't think they see much zone, right? Yeah, they don't see much zone. No, I mean, they're geez, Syracuse's length. I mean, they can well, just no, cover so much no, ground. No question, know. he recruits for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a hard thing as a coach to commit to in the NESCAC because it's probably the best three point shooting league in the country, in the country, right? So everyone shoots, a so three. yeah, you're so yeah. you're worried about like we're going to give up on the three ball, and the reality is. You're giving the three ball up regardless. Like they're they're going to run their stuff and they're going to get open and they're going to make shots. So I'm of the mindset. You know what? Like, let's commit to this. We're not going to run it wholesale for the whole game. But if it takes them out of their flow and they got to spend time out Just or a half time, yeah, talking about it. You know, we get that edge. And I thought that we scored well out of that zone. So we got a long rebound and we got numbers Boom. and we scored. Yeah. Um, and so every it's time, a little tricky rebounding out of the zone, isn't it? Though. Well, yeah. There's no yeah. there's no responsibility for right. us. We put. Uh, Andrew Snoddy, our sort of our four, who's long, athletic, at yeah. the top of the on top of that zone, uh-huh. and and his role is like, you just run in. You're gonna have the best read off the rim. You run in and get it. You're not gonna box out. You're just gonna run and try to try to get the ball. And Cody's actually good in that spot too because mm-hmm. he's so athletic. Um, but yeah, there's no box out responsibility. That, but on the flip side, Colby was so good at crashing the boards because. The way their man offense is set up, they know exactly where the shots are coming from. They know exactly where to crash. Yeah. But again, in, in their zone offense against the one three one, they did a lot of like they shot and they all kind of watched. It just was like they they didn't crash as much. Mm-hmm. So our, our and I just thought we had a major edge with that. So that that's one of our game plans uh, with with that. And then we're bringing back a little bit of our ball screen continuity that we ran a couple years ago when Graham Saffer was our point guard, just to give the NESCAC teams a different look. Um, and we put it on film, so you know, I'm not sitting here trying to hide this radio show. <laughs> no secrets. There's no secrets. Who's at the bottom of that one three one? Nick Gilpin. That's, oh, okay. That's, we call that the warrior spot. Which yeah. Is really, the hardest, you know, hardest because you you have corner to corner coverage, mm-hmm. and if your wings don't do you a favor, you get you get caught. And I think Nick's somebody that he gives us multiple efforts. He's just got a really high motor, never stops moving. He's yeah. A, he's a really good candidate for that position. I know you've put him sometimes when you're playing man on the other team's best offensive player. Yeah, that's yeah. typically, you know, unless he's given up major size, uh, which that could be the case on Saturday. You know, Nick typically takes away their, their best player. Just because he is, he is 6'3", he's physical, guys that want to post him up, he, he makes them catch it out of a scoring area. 
and he just he's a smart player, you know, and he makes big plays for us defensively. It's interesting talking about taking the three. Maddie has a philosophy, Maddie Boutwell, don't practice mid range jumpers. It's useless. It's just <laughs> as hard when you if you shoot enough, it's just as hard as hitting a three pointer and you get more credit for the three pointer. Just take the three. He he says that all the time on the air, by the way. Just take the three. Well, I'm, I'm, Never mind the mid range stuff. I'm I agree. I'm definitely not a fan of long twos. I think they're yeah. inefficient. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've had we had yeah early on we had a lot of long twos and I you know for certain certain guy like Nick Lynch is a great person our center who you look at his shot chart and it just a mind bot you're just blown away because he's like our center but his all his shots come from the elbow because right. he's such a good shooter from that spot and typically yeah. you know and he's around the basket too he's got the shot he's got oh, the shot and that's the thing you know it's a free throw and 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 we try to you know we encourage three or to the rim. But if you're wide open from – like Colby was a great example. We thought our guards were just bigger. So there are times when you got by, like just shoot over them. Just raise yeah. up and shoot. And they were fouling us a lot. So we had, so we got a few mid-range jump shots we got fouled on. But uh, it, it is – it's I don't want to say a lost start, but it's something that with all the new stats in, in the NBA, everything sort of like trickles down two or three years after the NBA puts it in sure. place to college basketball. And so we're starting to see that that three ball being of way more important than it's been in the past. So Snotty, you touched on him being at the top of one three one with his length. He's been main rookie of the week a couple times now, uh, really having a nice debut season. Um, you know, what are you looking from him kind of next? I noticed he only played eight minutes, it looks like, against Colby, but he's had some big roles in some other games. So Yeah, he uh he I think the the first two Nescat games he had a uh rude awakening. That, that typically <laughs> happens every, all you know all, you know, every freshman. Sure. Until those league games come, you know, he's had a really good first half of the year. But, I, you know, I, I don't know if I set him up for success. He was guarding Jack Simons because he was our oh, best matchup Jesus. for him. Oh, against Bowden. Yeah. Against Bowden. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I think I think after the first possession, Jack put on a bib. He was ready to eat, and, and he did. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, and if you look back at the, in the moment, Jack was really – he was really engaged and playing well. And in the moment, you felt like, man, he was, he was really cooking snotty. You watch the film; it's like, man, he hit some really tough contested jump shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's ultimately, in order to win some of these league games, you're going to have to make contested shots. Sure. And yeah. Bowden and Bowden did, you know. And, and I was killing our defense in the timeouts, and probably at halftime and after the game, then I watched the film, and I'm like, no, oh, we didn't. Yeah, it, wasn't, so it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. They, yeah. just, had, they just had a great day. Um, Simon's a senior. He is. Okay, good. He is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When coaches say, "I got to see the film," they are kidding. Because you have, you know, you keep thinking like in football that play just didn't work. You didn't do. You look at it and go, ah, oh, geez, somebody reached a hand out and tripped him. The, the blocking was fine, you know. Right. Just yeah. So say yeah. You you're know. never as good as you think. You're never as bad as you think. And no. and and even against Colby, we 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 won the game. And I went back and watched it. And I said, man, we made some a lot of bonehead mistakes, <laughs> you know. But but our our multiple efforts covered that up, sure. which was really good to see. Uh, another young guy, uh, Mortimer, James Mortimer, he, he had a pretty big game against Bowden. Um, again, for a lot of these guys, it's just a matter of consistency, right? I mean, one day they'll bring it, and the next day it's not there. I mean, that that's a matter of you know, getting more experience, I imagine? Or? Yeah, James is – he's been, playing. He's been kind of hurt on and off all uh-huh. year, so his his hasn't been a matter of – Yeah. Uh, you know, he was out in New York, so he came back from the holiday, okay. had a groin injury – wasn't available. Yeah. And then had basically his first practice the day before the bone game. He looked dynamite. Yeah. And then he played great. Right. You know, on both sides of the ball. It wasn't just the points that he scored. Yeah. And then Saturday he rolled his ankle middle of the game. He's okay, but yeah. it was one of those things where, like, the guys we had on the court once he came out were playing fine. 
and I didn't want, you know, I need him really for this weekend, especially because he's a, you know a bigger guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's he's he had a really good freshman year. Yeah. And then he he started the year hurt and then came back and then got hurt. So some of these guys' inconsistencies are just because they haven't been fully healthy. Gotcha. Which uh, it's hard to coach that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> hey, you. Do you have a pulse? Get in there. You know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Coach Furbush, thanks so much for joining us. As always, here on the B list, we haven't had you on in a while because we had some holidays. We had some. We had Christmas. We had New Year's. Actually, I was I here to, both days. Where were you guys? I <laughs> listen, yeah, I had to listen to him the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. We, we'd have a show, but uh, <laughs> and of course, don't forget, uh, Bobcats are playing Thomas College tonight. It's either going to be seven or seven thirty. Pretty much guaranteed. So we get, haven't heard it, the exact so guarantee. Get yet, to the but. gym um, early, and uh, if the women's game is on, check GoBatesBobcats.com. But yeah. Bobcats and Thomas for men's basketball tonight. Coach Frobush, thanks so much again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.